Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. Joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Cyri with Optimum Fitness Formula 7 out of Illinois. Cyri, what is going on, man? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? Uh, feeling great, man. Feeling great. There we go. Every day is a good day. And uh, I appreciate you being here, man. And we're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Optimum Fitness Formula 7. But let's take a step back. Let's go ahead and give the viewers some perspective if we can, Cyri. So in your own words, Cyri, if you can, how would you describe Optimum Fitness Formula 7 and what you guys do? Um, well, Optimum Fitness Formula 7, well, it's, it's two layers. It's two layers of it. The first layer is that it's our smart fitness technology. Okay, our five smart fitness technologies that we've been in the industry for so many years. You name the clubs we work for them, LA Fitness, Valleys, Export, uh, Orange Theory, et cetera, et cetera. And um, what we gathered is that um, they all followed a similar model. You know, you can't cancel the credit card. If a person doesn't like your service, they still keep them locked in with contracts. And so what we do, we try to take it to a whole different level. So what our smart uh, fitness technology, what we use is that we use eight uh, performance fitness tracking tools to progress our clients to their end goal. One example, four of the tools is based on body composition. So we use medical grade to take the guesswork out of all of our clients' uh, nutrition, which is the first part is that we do a body composition analysis where we use medical grade technology that breaks the body down into water, muscle, bone, and fat mass. And then from this analysis, it has a further analysis of, of, uh, of muscle fat analysis, which compares uh, the individual's weight, the skeletal muscle mass attached to the bone, and the fat mass. Now, everyone that's in our system, let's say for instance, Juan, that we were doing an assessment on you, so once you uh, stood on our particular technology, uh, your analysis is gonna be against every individual that's your same age, height, and gender that's in the database. Okay, you follow that? Yeah, Okay, yeah, now, yeah. and we have further analysis. Now, we're still on body composition. I haven't got to the uh, training part. So we have further analysis, which is called uh, uh, the fat uh, analysis, in which they, it compares um, your BMI, which is between 18.5 and 25%, and percentage of fat mass. For women, it's between 10 and uh, 28. And for men, it's between 10 and 20%. That's the benchmarks that we use. And so in addition to that, we also the system also calculates BMR, which is basal metabolic rate. Now, basal metabolic rate is the rate at which your body burns calories, that's getting up, getting ready for work, et cetera, et cetera. So what we do in our system is that we attach energy expenditure factors uh, to that basal metabolic rate, meaning that if a person doesn't work out at all, we use a factor for that. If a person is somewhat active, we use a factor for that. A person is active, we use a factor for that. And then we calculate their nutrition, okay? So now, and then from the body composition, it also tells us if they're lacking muscle in the legs, in the core, in the arms, et cetera, et cetera, if the fat is off the chart. So from this analysis, we don't, we, can, we don't only correct their nutrition, but we also know what training methodologies they use at this point. 
Yeah. You follow us so wow. far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this is our body composition analysis. So we visit when our clients first, uh, when they first become our clients, uh, we do our first, we repeat the analysis in two weeks to see if everything is going in the right direction. And then after that, we repeat it every month. Okay? Gotcha. Okay, now, on the training side, when we train our clients, we use what we call a heart zone technology. Okay, so we use a sensor that we attach to each client's arm. And what it does is that it records total calories burned. It records distance. It records workload. Workload is that we have five zones. And with the higher zone you go in, the higher the stress is on your heart. So you get points going up through those five zones. So you got workloads. And we also have intensity. So after each workout, the client uh, gets a printout of everything that just happened, how many calories they burn, how many fat calories they burn, et cetera, et cetera, distance and everything, et cetera. And then every 30 days, they have an overall analysis. Okay, so we take this data uh, and we also see, for instance, we know if they're not burning enough calories. I'm gonna give you an example. I can have a client to come in and they say, well, we've been to this gym, that gym, that gym, and we haven't even gotten no results. Okay, so we'll take them through our body composition analysis, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we do with those five zones, we have two thresholds. Zone one and two is one threshold. Zone three and four is another threshold. And so you can only change a, a person's body composition in two ways. You're either going to have to increase the workout or do something with their nutrition. So what yeah. we're doing to accelerate, we do a combination of both. So a minimum, so we set the standard that the minimum calorie burn after our client worked with us for about 30 days is 500 calories. And the one that our clients that are outstanding in calorie burn, they burn anywhere from eight and from 500 to 800 calories. So now on this side, I could see this every time I'm training them, I'm gonna say, okay, the training is on target, right? So then when I revisit the in-body technology, then that lets me know how their nutrition is being for that two weeks or that 30 days. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you have any questions for me? Yeah, well, now let's get started with the podcast here, man. That was a great description. Let's get right into it, man. I mean, okay. I appreciate you getting that in depth. Okay. But, uh, you know, we'll start with a basic question here, which is how many members are you serving currently? Okay, right now we serve, at uh, our location here, we've been here for about a year. We serve 30 members. Uh, we have 30 clients right now. We're in what we call an, an, uh, an upscale neighborhood, the North Shore of Chicago. And so our minimum, I'm going to just give it to you in the raw. Our minimum package is, is the minimum package is $600 a month. Okay. okay. So it can go from 600 a month on up. And we also have pre-surgery and uh, post-surgery uh, ther uh, therapy uh, recovery training. So yeah. that can either go higher. That could start out at 900 a month. Gotcha. You follow what I'm saying now? Yeah. Uh, right now, you got a lot of group training. The group training craze now. So the, 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 um, the franchise, they be eating my lunch. <laughs> you see, they eat your lunch because here's how they eat the, the they try to eat the trainer's lunch. For one thing, they have a philosophy and say personal training is dead. You know, they said our personal our group training is 10 bucks an hour and yours start out at 75 dollars an hour. You 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 follow yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So and so what we what so what we had to do is that the rates, the group training rates, they dumb everything down. Meaning that they try to make it, if a person go to their group training and let's say they pay $200 for uh, uh, five days a week, unlimited. But when they come to, to our company and if they want to group train with one of their friends, they're going to have to pay $300 for two sessions a week. 
You, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we deal with, so one of our clients at $600 a month, which is the base, is equivalent to four group training clients. So if we take our 30 and multiply it times four, then we match them on that level, you know, dollar for dollar. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, 100%. Go ahead. I'm ready for another one. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so for you guys, I mean, mm -hmm. what's been the best method of getting new people through the door? Oh, man. Well, um, we've been in the industry for a while, so we're a member of the Wilmette Chamber, okay? And then you being a member of the chamber, they have what they call uh, different committees. I'm going to mm -hmm. give you an example. So they have a wellness committee. So the wellness committee, everyone that's a part of the chamber in our particular area is on this wellness committee. So I get insight to what everybody's doing in my area. You follow what I'm saying? What's new? Yeah. Uh, all the new business fitness gyms that come in, I see them. So that's one way. So um, at the chamber, I may talk to chamber members. Uh, you may talk to non-members. Uh, you get particular leads. Um, and then also from the chamber, what we do, uh, they have what we call, um, the chamber have a lot of events. They have what we call the summer sizzler, where we set up our tents and go out and talk to the community. So the wow. best method, I used to think that um, referral was the best method. But the best method in my experience is actually going out, talking face to face to the people, like going to block parties. We go to block parties. Uh, we go to uh, uh, Botox parties. You, you follow what I'm saying? We yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Uh, Halloween parties, but these, uh, these parties are sponsored uh, in the community where our gym is located. Okay, that's one aspect of how we get clients. Another one is through, uh, it's through referrals. And the other one is through is that we got uh, relationships with like a uh, vitamin shop, uh, chiropractor offices. I go to their office, they come to mine, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, we also do a uh, 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 social networking, you know, so there's what we try to do. We try to have like a, uh, we try to be like an octopus approach. Yeah. You know, try to Versatility. have, because if you just limit it to one area and that area dry up, you're going to be saying, damn, my rent is this much amount of money. Yeah. I got all these other costs. You, you, payroll, True. you follow me? So you yeah, have to yeah. have more, we have more than one uh, revenue stream when it comes to sales. Yeah. And I love the versatility there, man. I yeah. think that's super important, right? You're not one dimensional. Right. And so now you being at 30 now, I mean, let's say this, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things, let's say they were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you go than 30? I mean, what's capacity look like? Um, we've had to get the staff, additional staff for that. We got the system, you know, like the Orange Theory, Mind Body. We have mm -hmm. the capacity right now to train. We could do group training. See, we set our gym up twofold. See, so if group training is not popping, I do what I do best, which is personal training. You follow me? Yeah. So yeah. our gym is set up to, um, to handle, to train 24 group training people at one time. Okay, if, uh, in the next two months, we're gonna have morning boot camp. We're gonna have a boot camp at uh, four, five, and six, early morning boot camp. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's the only form of group training that we'll do. Or we have like mother, daughter, husbands, girlfriends, they come in on the personal training. We just give them a discount from the rate uh, that we gave the, uh, the client. And we also give the client an incentive for bringing that particular individual in. Okay, so there's a, another method behind that as well. Yeah, so it, so we do have a model for it, but we're not. But we're going more toward the uh, boutique. And if we can't get the boutique, 
like we wanted. We can always, we still pivoted in the, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, we yeah, pivoted yeah. in the group training, but we don't, we don't market it. <laughs> I gotcha. Yes, yes. Gotcha. And so yes. now I like to ask this question too, which mm -hmm. is like, I mean, we have 30 clients here and, 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 you know, anything more than 10 is a lot to handle. So yeah. how are you able to track and manage, you know, how long someone's been with you? Uh, if they're looking to cancel, like how do you know those numbers? Oh man, ooh, that's what I'm man. You know, I have an MBA in, uh, in business administration, so you just asked me to. You just hit the nail in the head. Um, what we do, we use what we call Mind Body Platform. It's okay. a fitness platform that all, um, all of your major, uh, all my major competitors use. Mind Body, in my opinion, is second to none as far as capturing EFT dollars. EFT dollars is that, I'm going to just give you the whole spill of it and I'm going to go into the, the most important part. See, our business almost failed a few times because we were collecting cash and checks and not doing EFT. But EFT is what keeps, the, keeps you in business because we make sure that all of our EFTs hit at the beginning of the month and we have a percentage hit at the end of the month to cover that cost. So with the EFT, we're doing the same thing as we were if we were Apple Corporation, if we were Mind Body, everybody have their EFT sets up the same way. Uh, so we use MindBody platform. What MindBody does, it records. So let's say, for instance, I schedule one of my clients. Okay. So it automatically offset that session with the package. And everything that we charge that client, all of that is recorded and it ties directly into their bank, their bank statement. And so we have a visitor's log. And so our visitor's log tie right into, you know, whether they have a cell phone where they're texting me or they use their app to make uh, that particular appointment. Okay, and so then from that data there, we use what we call, um, we have, uh, 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 what's that, uh, bookkeeping, Intuit. Oh, we yeah, have QuickBooks yeah. online. Now QuickBooks online, we combine our, our mind body information and we combine our bank account, all right? And then every day I can see in real time everything that basically changes. Okay, so if a client comes to me and says, how many sessions do I have left? I can go into their profile and show them, or they can look on their app and look. And they'll say, well, when is my next payment due? They can go into their profile, or I could, or our front desk person could show them. So what we have is full access. And then if, they're, if they don't think that they're getting enough information from me, I give them the number, I give them authorization to go into our corporate account so they can look at their information. You know, so we give our clients full disclosure and our banking system, the new system that's out is digital banking and digital accounting. So everything is tied up. So when we get done with all that information, I just uh, give my CPA, we give our CPA access to um, our, uh, our QuickBooks. And then from there, she just do the uh, tax return. I send her 600 bucks. And it's just that simple, man. And the bookkeeper, we don't need bookkeepers and, and, uh, and, uh, and chief uh, financial officers because by us being a small company, I just sit up, we pay a bookkeeper $200 a month. So that $200 a month, what they do is that they reconcile the account with you at the end of each month. So one month, two months, and then the 12 month reconciliation after that's reconciled, then they close it. And then that's when we send it over to the CPA. See, so gotcha. all of our stuff is tied in. We're professional. Uh, if we wanted a grant, if we wanted a loan, anything that we desire, whether we get it or not, that's another story, but we have all of the information uh, intact. And in addition to that, 
we're on the Illinois state of Illinois website and uh, we're in good standing as a domestic corporation. So we have all of that covered. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. And uh, I want to throw a little bit of a longer winded question here. Um, sorry, but a good question. So, you know, um, what we've, been, what we've been discussing and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are going to be three pillars of business, okay? And it's going to be, number one, your lead generation, right? That's just your marketing. Mm -hmm. Number two, your acquisition, right? Which is your sales, getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. Okay. And then number three, your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So, okay. Sari, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, I would say, I would say probably retention. Retention because um, when once we once I generate the lead and then do the acquisition, you know, once I get get the person in, you know, in the fitness industry, they used to tell us, oh, every ten people you see, you're gonna sell one. Me, I'm just the opposite. Every ten people I see, I'm gonna try to sell eight or nine. I'm going to try to close eight or nine deals. I'm not going to look at no, you follow me? So yeah. everyone comes in. So I would say the retention part, because these days, um, because of the economy, you know, because of all these other factors, like for instance, somebody could, uh, somebody could come in with COVID, you know, and shut, shut us down. Yeah, it's true. You know, just that quick. So this happens to a lot of gyms around here. So it's a lot of different factors. So I would mostly focus on the retention. I think to me, that is the most important one because doing the acquisition, I mean, uh, getting generating the lead and uh, and closing the deal, it's not too difficult for me because we've been in the in industry for 20 years. And so we don't do upsells. We just let our product sell itself. I don't rush to a sale. I don't, you know, talk about money to the clients. All I do is focus on their particular needs. When they come in, yeah. when they say, I want this, 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 and this, that's all I focus on and what they express to me, what goals they want. I don't say, I'm not going to say I'm going to add this to it. I want to add this to it. I just stay focused on their particular needs that they come through the door with. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I so love that. Retention is our number one. That would be number one for me. I appreciate the honesty and transparency there, Cyrie. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two more questions for you. Yeah. My two favorite questions. Yeah. What's the bigger picture for you long-term? You know, what are you trying to accomplish with Optimum in the next five, 10 years? Oh, man, I'm glad you asked that question, man, because I I, uh, I have visions, you know? And my vision, uh, we got two more years left on our lease here. And my vision is that we want to um, move our, our company to Arizona, okay, to Scottsdale. And there oh. is what brought me this idea, is that uh, one fitness company we had, we had a beauty shop on one side, we had a nail salon on the other side, and then all of our clients that came in, they had their dogs in their car because they came to their training. You follow me? So that gave me an idea is to have a fitness gym. Export have similar stuff, you know, but my idea would be to have a fitness gym that you would not only have the nails and the hair, but you also have dog walking and car wash. You see, so that would be my goal for the future. And in addition to that, as far as... Um, people's nutrition, I hope that the government will come up with some type of um, genome science or, ge or, or uh, hit an individual's genetics or um, the, the uh, amino chain, uh, how um, you can determine, you know, what a person's, um, what the person's body's needs, you know, what their nutritional needs is just from their genetics. 
You follow me? So mm -hmm. I, and then, um, so that would be like my ultimate goal is that for, for um, technology to develop so they can use individuals' blood tests, you know, to determine not only their body composition and nutrition and to see what kind of diseases that they may inherit in the future that's from their ancestors, you know, in the past. So that's always been my vision, you know, is to how can I best assess an individual's body composition? I love that. I love, that was a mic drop of an answer, Syree, but I got one more question for you, man. Yeah, come on, my man. Favorite come question, on. I'm, lo I'm loving question. this, Juan. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, this is my favorite one. I'm curious to see your answer here, man. So, you know, Syree, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? What would that advice be for you? Uh... That advice would be for me to bounce to, you see, when I have a vision, you know, my mother said I have a one track mind, you know, so a lot of times when, we have, when business, when entrepreneurs have their vision, they get on this one track and individuals say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. So if I could replay everything, I would take more advice, uh, you know, from my, from, um, from our partners and from other individuals and, um, I would move much slower. And instead of me making quick decisions, I would slow the decisions down. And I would delegate. You, you follow me? Yeah. Because that when we was when we doing the startup, uh, I was like, oh, I don't know if you could do this, you can do that, I'm gonna do this. So I found in the end, I was doing like mostly everything. I did like um I signed I signed the lease, um, I dealt with the architecture, um, I had to go through the city. You know, to get the permits, the village of Wilmette, we did all of that. Uh, then I had to deal with the expect inspectors when they did the rough, uh, the rough uh, draft of the uh, the rough uh, gutting of the uh, gym, and then they did the smooth. You know, the uh, look at it when it's complete, uh, and then I had to deal with the persons to put up the signage. Um, I had to deal with the persons to doing our website. So I would say I would. Um, I would accept more help and I would delegate more. I think that, you know, when I worked in corporate America, all of the best managers delegated. They knew how to do the job, but they were delegate. They were great delegators. So I would have to go back to my corporate knowledge. And so I guess um, I went a little bit too gun ho. So I would, um, you know, listen more and combine, let other individuals handle some of the responsibility. So that's my major error. There we go, Sari. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, please let the people know where can they find out more about you and the gym. Yeah, um, our website, we're upgrading it. It's uh, OptimumFitnessFormula7.com. We're also located on Facebook, Optimum Fitness Formula 7. And we're located on uh, Instagram, Optimum Fitness Formula 7. And, and our, <laughs> um, our physical location is 123 Green Bay Road, Wilmette, Illinois, 60091. And our office number is 224-408-2929. There is nothing to it but to do it. And if you don't do it, it's a lot to it. <laughs> Thank you. There man. we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look All forward right. to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate yes, it. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Yes. All right. Thank you. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well.
Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Eric Evans of Top Gun Fitness coming to you from Shelby Township in Michigan. Eric, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm uh, doing great, Joe. Thanks a lot for having me on. I'm excited to uh, kind of dip into a couple topics with you guys today. We're excited too. I'm excited to to pick your brain on this because there's been a couple of evolutions of this business along the way. For people who aren't familiar, Eric, context is key here. Top Gun Fitness, when you describe this business, what do you tell people? How do you kind of clue them in into what this is? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's actually a really good question. Um, I think the best way to describe the business, uh, in a sense, is... Um, we are a private training facility. Uh, we have principles and values uh, that I believe uh, that we upkeep every single day uh, when we get up and do the job of having the highest regard for the product and the people that we work with, uh, both general pop clients and athletes. Um, we're a very dynamic uh, business in and of itself, uh, meaning that um, our training is very, uh, very scientific, backed and also at the same token um, more new school in a sense uh, and then also there's different components to our facility not just the training facility but you know we also have a human performance lab where we do uh, metabolic analyzation other types of use uh, I'm sorry use other types of scientific uh, sports technology to help guide uh, and make us data aware not so much uh, I don't I don't like the word data driven uh, but I think when you can be data aware, uh, you can use that information to help kind of, uh, you know, put together the best possible program slash product um, for the client or the athlete when you're looking at it from different spectrums and, and having good data in your corner to help you do that. Yeah. It sounds like this has, has really come a long way. And I would imagine just based on the conversation that you and I had before coming on camera, Things didn't always start this way. When you first got this opened up, tell us a little bit about that. When was it? What was the original intention with this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. so um, we first opened up. We opened up in 2016. Uh, the original format, business format, was we were going to base a lot of our, um, our revenue that we made off of subleasing out to other strength coaches and coaches, um, personal trainers, so on and so forth. Um, and that was the original format that we had. I, I think after about a year and a half, two years in, we decided that um, it was no longer a fit uh, for the facility. Um, I think in a sense, what we were doing, Joe, is we were putting all our eggs in one basket. And I think that we needed to be more diverse than that. Um, 
I saw certain things happening. Um, it, that style, uh, with us being a private training facility, that style over um, in the Detroit area is it's it's a very heavy culture of private training facilities operate on with just subleasing. Um, they hire subleasers to come in. That's how they make their uh, the revenue inside the business. And what I what I was constantly noticing was with a lot of the other facilities is that there was revolving doors. Um, trainers would leave, they would go to other facilities, or a group of trainers would get together and then they would go ahead and they would open their own business. Um, so in a sense, uh, I think when you step back from a business standpoint. Um, how we were kind of looking at it was we're grooming, um, we're, we're grooming individuals to um, potentially open up their other, their other business or also at the same token, um, leave and go somewhere else. And at the end of the day, like I said, I think when you're on a business, you have to be very diverse and putting your, all, your eggs all in one basket. Um, we, we were trying to, in a sense, not have the door shut on us down the road in the future. So, um, yeah, that, that was original format. And then we, uh, sure. we teach that. Yeah. Things evolved. Tell us a little bit about how this functions now. What are, what are some of the services that you have? Yeah. Joe, like we were kind of talking, uh, prior to coming on air here, um, COVID really changed us, uh, here in Michigan, we got shut down. I, I, I want to say for seven months, we, we were allowed to open with restrictions for a few. They shut us back down. And we just realized some of the things that we were doing in the past was, um, you know, maybe we could tweak and we could change a little bit. So it was always on my mind. Uh, a couple of the things that I wanted to do within the facility was offer more of a um, diverse product. Um, I had the education in it. Um, I had the passion for it. So during the COVID period, we said, all right, let's just do this. And we ended up opening up a human performance lab inside of our facility. Um, like, I, like, I, like I told you prior, uh, we do metabolic testing, use different types of sports technology to, um, like I said, in a sense, dissect the, the athlete or the client. And once we get that data, it helps us kind of put their programming together, whether it's training, diet, nutrition, recovery, whatever it may be. Um, so we, we, we added that portion to the facility. Uh, we also have a recovery lounge, which would have basically everything other than hyperbaric um, uh, treatment that's kind of like the only real big one that we don't have but that's something that we're going to be looking into here in the near future but you know just we wanted to become more diverse we wanted to offer a better product we just didn't want to offer things on the on the training side of things because as you know when it comes to when it comes to overall health and fitness there's so many more um, aspects of that and we wanted to make sure that we were trying to cover it I guess from every angle that we possibly could whether it was like I said diet nutrition whether it was you know actually dissecting an athlete or a client and figuring, you know, what their capacities were out with via through testing data that we collect um, and through the training portion of things. So, like I said, we wanted to really become very, very diverse uh, in the facility. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. You mentioned the COVID piece of this. And unfortunately for our industry, that's something that we kind of have to talk about as the industry stands now. How hard did that hit you? You mentioned being shut down for a while. Did you guys lose members throughout that process? Um, COVID hit us hard. Um, luckily, the business the business was healthy enough to, I guess, ride it out. Um, but we were kind of. It's funny. It's funny you say that because, like, where we were at, we were kind of like we really felt like we we're starting. Okay, you know, I think we had like a three year. 
business up. This business is, we, we want to get it to here within three years. And we were like just right there and then COVID hit. So now it's like, now you got to start from business was healthy enough to write it out. But um, I guess to answer your question, you know, yeah, it, it, it hit us hard. It affected us financially. Um, I think our clients, all, you know, every client we had for the most part, I would say 80% of them came back. Uh, the other 20 okay. that we had, um, it wasn't, it, it was just whether COVID hit them too hard and financially they couldn't afford it. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, yeah, it hit us. I mean, just being out months and months and months and, and, you know, then it wasn't when we were able to open back up, even with restrictions, you know, we were doing team training and you had one, one individual on the team uh, ended up getting COVID. The whole team had to go into isolation for two weeks. They couldn't do, you know, so it was just like, we, we were watching all this and it's one like, thing after another. Yeah. It was like a snowball effect. Um, yeah. So, you know, but yeah, it did hit us hard, but uh, like I said, thankful enough that the business was healthy enough to be able to ride it and um, you know, be able to continue on after. Not everybody in our industry was so lucky, at least. So a lot of the people that listen to our podcast tune in to hear about the, the rebound from COVID. A lot of people are still looking to get back to neutral and, and expand mm -hmm. beyond that. And so let's kind of break down client acquisition for you guys. Where do we get leads? How do we transfer those leads into clients? And how do we keep those clients as long as we can? For you guys, post-COVID, in a marketing sense, how have you generated new interest and new eyeballs? You know what? That's actually a really good question. So um, since we are a, a private training facility, um, the product is, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously not as big as a big commercialized gym. Um, we were pretty healthy pre-COVID. Once we got out of COVID, um, the majority of our members were just excited to get back. Um, so, you know, we... I still would consider us healthy, but kind of, I guess, slingshotting out of COVID um, from a marketing standpoint or trying to get new leads. I think what we did is we more or less, we were more interested in retention rather than trying to get more at that point. Um, we, we're that business. We don't do, we don't do a lot of media. We don't do, um, I don't spend a tremendous amount in marketing. Um, I, I'm just one of those guys that it's like, you know what? word of mouth is the best thing um, and let others break for you. You don't have to break for yourself. And that's, we've kind of always had that mentality in, in how successful the business is with doing very, very little marketing. Um, we're very content with um, we, yeah. we, we are, I, I would say we're very close to meeting our max capacity as far as the amount of uh, clientele that we can actually take on with what we have right now without over drowning the facility um, and what I mean by that is having multiple people in there at one time to where it, it kind of disrupts the product. So like I, like I first started off, the, the product's the most important thing to me. So sure. when you're in a business where it's personal, um, you got to make it personal. And I think sometimes people get into the, uh, the fool's gold of try to get as many people as you possibly can. And then you become the product sucks and then you become a rotating door. I agree. Uh, and there's been a, a pretty serious paradigm shift in our industry. What you said before the pandemic, how many people can we push through these doors? How high can we climb this membership count? Post pandemic, it's a little bit different. People are still hesitant to be in, in big groups. There's always going to be the outliers, the orange theories, mm -hmm. the, the rumbles with 60 people in a room. But for you guys focusing so heavily on 
the quality over the quantity, it makes sense. Every successful business needs new leads coming in through the doors and, and word of mouth and referrals has been the catalyst for you guys so far, at least. Do you anticipate at any point, whether now or in the future, having to put some dollars behind this? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think we're, like I said, where we're at uh, facility-wise, square footage, how many people we have in there at one time, making sure that we're very cognitive of the product and the product is staying, like I said, crisp. Um, you know, I, I think that, and, and that's just from me listening to people. When I, I have a consultation with an individual and they come from a facility that's very similar to ours, that is probably the number one thing that I hear. It's overcrowded in there. Um, you can't get on anything. There's too, there, there's too many trainers. There's too many, um, you know, individuals, whether gen pop athletes or whatever it may be that are trained at one time. And the client, the client gets frustrated. And especially if they're paying good money. And, you know, one, one thing I've always looked is like, I would rather, sometimes people, they, they'll, they'll charge, you know, when, I guess when we're talking from like a dollar perspective, they'll charge a set amount and they keep it very low. And then what they end up finding, like, you know, for example, let's say there's some, there's some, you know, coaches out there that will charge, okay, well, I'll charge $40, $50 an hour for personal training. But when you look at your resume and you look that, you know, you have a degree in kin, you have all these things. It's like, you're worth more than that. And what you especially if you're going to put a cap on how many people we're trying to serve. Exactly. And the thing is, is I, I always tell this to newer newer coaches like look at, at when, when you're coming up you, you got to get in the trenches a little bit and you may have to do that and that's okay sure. but like for me I was a year and a half in and I was already working with NHL guys that just does not happen um, for most people and you know so doing that it, it you know sometimes like you know your value goes up a little bit you know the background that I had my value goes up a little bit so what I guess the point I'm trying to hammer home here um, without rambling too much is if, if you're training individuals at a low cost like that, because you're trying to just get them through the door, you're going to have to work twice as hard and spend twice as amount of time as opposed to having a, a smaller pool of people and charge what you're worth. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And, and yeah. devil's advocate on that kind of a situation. When we play the high ticket game, every new client joining is meaningful, right? The business does right. well. And on the flip side of that though, every client that leaves is a bigger financial hit as well. So pros and cons to both. We just need to be cognizant of our own strategy. Take me to the next step in the process here, Eric. Somebody reaches out. We've got a, a referral from one of our members. It sounds like that's probably the biggest pool of leads we have. So somebody reaches out interested in training Walk me through a typical sales process. Who are they speaking with? What does that conversation entail? And, and what are they signing up for? Yeah, so generally, um, I do the majority of the consultations. So what we do is we always provide a free consultation. I think having a consultation is uh, a very vital part as opposed to just signing an individual log. Number one, because, you know, you, you want to be able to get some type of background individual. Who are you working with? What are their goals? you know, what, you know, what are some of the potential uh, limitations that they may have that we may need to work around to make something that's, uh, you know, digestible for them and they don't fall off the wagon. Um, 
you know, so getting all those types of things, we'll sit down with them. Um, we'll have them run us through. I, I always like, I have a, I ask a list of questions, uh, obviously, you know, uh, a training background, um, you know, medical background, you know, you go through, you know, labs, all those things. I think those are all important. When did you get your last blood labs? If not, would you be willing to consider that? Because there might be some things there that um, could be hiding something that we might want to know. Um, but yeah, just the consultation portion. Once you have the consultation done, um, you kind of got a feel for what you, what you do. Um, we explain the product to them, how it's going to start, but how it originally start with us. We don't start training right out of the gate. Um, what we'll do is we get the individuals up in the performance lab. Uh, we do a body composition scan. Um, once we have that, uh, they go right over into a metabolic RMR test. So now we're going to be able to kind of see how their metabolism works a little bit. We're going to be able to get some data off of them. So now that when we have that, we're going to be able to actually put that and implement that into a diet nutrition program for them. Um, what's frustrating to me sometimes and, and, you know, not every facility, unfortunately, has the luxury to do those types of things. Um, but, you know, we made sacrifices in order to get those. We made sacrifices in order to educate ourselves so we could deliver that type of product to the individual. So, you know, once I have that data and I can now I, I can really dig in and develop a diet and nutrition program for them as opposed to, yeah, what's your height, what's your age, what's your weight? And I'm going to put that into my, my, my formula not that that's necessarily a bad thing to do, but we're just trying to get a little bit deeper into it so we can deliver the best product. So, you know, is all that, of this happening before any kind yeah. of money exchanges hands? Uh, no, no, we will. Uh, yeah, we always make sure that okay, if this is a if this is a green light, um, the waiver's filled out. We have the we have the credit card information, the payment information in, and as soon as that is in, we schedule the first uh, performance lab testing. I see. Okay. I was going to yep. say, this sounds incredibly time intensive to be donating your, mm -hmm. your availability to people are signed up at this point already. What are the, is this a, a monthly membership, Eric, how, or are yep. they paying per session? Yep. How does that look? Yeah. Monthly membership. So depending on how many times ballpark, generally what we charge per hour, depending on who you're working with, I would say it's probably an average of between 80 and $90 an hour. And we're able to keep it a little bit lower because there's no middleman that we have to pay. Um, we uh, the services that we offer are a little bit more in 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 in, in detail I think um, than what you would find in some of the other local facilities around us. Not that they're doing anything wrong. I'm not trying to say that. It's just we dig a little bit more in on the performance lab part of things. Um, and yeah, you're looking probably personal training right around that right around that number uh, on an average uh, per hour. And if it's um, you you go into like a small group. Uh, depending on which one you choose to go in and how many days a week it is, you know, you're looking anywhere between, you know, an average of like 210 to 350 bucks a month. Um, all of our group training uh, provide, we, we do all the performance testing. Um, we have, you know, my zone monitors uh, that all the individuals will wear. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, the heart rate monitors. So all that data from that workout is going to go in their hands and people love data. If you can put it in their hands, they love it, you know, it's the same thing with our body composition scanning. We, you know, the data is right in their hands. Once they scan, it goes right to the app on their phone and they can see all their composition changes, yeah. which, you know, is exciting for them. And I think it helps hold them accountable and helps keep them on track a little bit. Sure. As far as, take, it, take us back one step here, the sales process and, and that initial conversation, is it you taking the brunt of those conversations or do we have somebody in the facility focus on 
the sales aspect? Nope, it'd be more toward it, it's me. Okay. Yeah, that that would be like one of one of my one of my titles in that front office would be making sure that uh, I'm handling the consultations or at least the majority of them. Sure. Do you guys track uh, a conversion percentage or, or how are we measuring success there? As ah, a yes. Business? Yeah. Um, we do. I would, um, I, I'm trying to think of what our, I don't have this year's conversion. Um, but if I'm trying to remember last year's, I think, I think we were high, high sixties, almost 70% conversion, which I think is pretty good. Sure. Um, and I would, I would assume a lot of that is attributed to the word of mouth type leads, right? Those people are coming in pretty bought yeah. in before they ever walk through the door. Would you agree? Right. Correct. I would agree with that. Yes. Okay. And so beyond that, Eric, this is where you said you guys really make your, your money here. Retention. What in your mind spells success for retention? How long are your members staying or, or what's influencing the length of their membership the most? That is a really good question. I would think, um, I think the best way to answer is the product that you're delivering, but constantly being dynamic with the product and not keeping it stale. Um, when I, 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 these are things that I've had, I, I'm very um, open and vocal um, with the clientele that we have here, both the, you know, my NHL guys I work with uh, all the way down to our gen pop. What do you guys like? What, what, what really about this facility makes you stay here? You know, um, one of the biggest things that, that gets spelled back to me is you guys give a shit, you guys care. Um, and the product is always changing. It doesn't get stale. I think a lot of times some people, they get into a, a certain habit of keeping a certain product. And this industry is, it, 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 it's like I said, it's so dynamic in nature. You have to stay on the tip of that. Um, if, you, if you just, if you're doing what was good 10 years ago, um, you're probably not going to be successful going two, three, five years into the future. Um, things change. So you just got to, you got to stay on, stay on the cutting edge of things. Um, you know, so I, like for me, I think it's that. And then also uh, building community within, with inside your, your facility. That's another big thing. When people feel like they're a part of something and you make them feel a part of something, they're probably going to stay. I think when people don't, when they start feeling um, detached, from where they're at, I think that's when you start to see people leave and go somewhere else. Yeah. I think you're spot on on that. And unfortunately, community or culture, these buzzwords, it's hard to measure, right? If you're in the facility, you feel it, you know it. Mm -hmm. Communicating that with other people, it's really difficult to do. And everybody that I've ever spoken with says, we've got the best community, we've got the greatest culture. I think there's something to it. But I think delivering a quality product, like you said, is, is probably paramount to all of those things. You mentioned looking into the future two, three, five years from now. Where do you see this thing trending, Eric? What's the big picture for you with this? Well, we're kind of, I think we've already established our, uh, our, our kind of our cue as the nerds on the block. Um, I, I, I see this facility uh, eventually growing potentially, you know, to a, a bigger location. Um, I see this facility continuously 
um, being on the forefront of sports technology and, and incorporating that within the training. Um, and, and I'll be completely honest. I think if you're, you know, you're, you're in sports performance um, and you're not on top of that, from what I'm seeing that's coming down the road in the next five years, um, you're going to be very, you're going to be left behind. So I, I guess, you know, maybe something, you know, it's just a, some potential advice for, you know, an individual that might be listening to this. I think it's very important that you start educating yourself in uh, the technological side of fitness um, and start looking into those types of things, because uh, this is going to get, I mean, everybody, everybody wants things quick. They want it in their hands. They want that. There's all these different devices and gadgets and that's what people like. Um, but to be able to use that and help quantify what you're doing, that shows, I think a level of care to the client or the athlete. And my athletes tell me that all the time. NHL guys tell me that all the time. One of the biggest reasons why we switched where we're at and where we're here is because we actually feel like we're cared about. We're not looked at like a dollar sign. Um, and, and I think that's a lot of the things that we're doing for those guys to show them that. And it's, you know, like for me, um, the price too, it's like, you got to keep it, you got to keep it somewhat reasonable, but also at the same token, you got to keep it to, you know, Hey, this is, this product's a little bit more and, but this is why, and this is what you're going to get and the benefits of it, of why it might be a little bit more, you know? So those are some of the things, the selling points, because we get asked that all the time, why, you know, they're down here. Well, that's okay. They might be doing that, but this is what we're doing. And these are the benefits of what you're getting out of that. Um, So, yeah. I think it's it's an interesting and, and fun question because the, the industry is ever evolving where you can take your business and just being an entrepreneur, you get to make the rules and, and do whatever you like with it. But typically, people that I speak with in this kind of a model that do work with athletes, it has to be a little bit higher ticket. We have to be value-driven over cost-driven. And anybody that's spent time in this sort of space knows that with high level guys, NHL, NFL, MLB, whatever it happens to be, you've got 12 weeks a year of an off season. And the majority of the time they're elsewhere training with their, their team. It can't be, we make all of our money from sports performance. Do you know what I mean? We have right. to have other aspects of a business. Eric, that's a really, really great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. And I wish we had more time because I'm sure that we just barely scratched the surface of some of these things, but before we sign out of here, tell people listening where they can learn a little bit more about this. What's the best website? What's the best social media to find out about Top Gun? Yeah, um, we're, we're on Instagram. Um, we're on, <laughs> we got our website, uh, www.topgunff.com. Um, or you can visit our, uh, our Instagram site, um, Top Gun FF. Um, you can find us there. Um, me personally, uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really a big social media guy. Um, I, I have some content. Um, I'm not on there a whole bit, but if you want you know, you'd like to go check some content out, you can check my content out. Uh, Eric Andrew Evans on Instagram. Um, there'd be a guy riding an echo bike. So it's and now it's, we've got people, yeah, we've got to, we got to hold you accountable to actually producing yeah, content. Now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, I, I don't, uh, like for me, if you're looking for some content, I've, I've always tried to keep it content based on, on that site uh, just because of the fact I want to try to, you know, show some value or provide something to people um, of like, Hey, you know what, maybe I'll try that. And I try to be very uh, descriptive on some of the content that I do, but yeah, 
a um, couple ways to find us. Um, but best way is probably, uh, you know, through our website, we have a direct link. If you'd like to contact us, um, just pop the link, put a little description in there and a representative will, will uh, reach out to you as soon as possible. Straightforward and simple. Eric, this has been a bunch of fun, man. I really appreciate yeah. entrepreneurs who are willing to come on and, and talk about both sides of success, right? What's been going well for us and what are we still working on improving? It's a, it's a constant evolving sort of situation, but I, I can't thank you enough for being willing to contribute and I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on and, and kind of just to cap it, I know we talked about this, um, maybe some best advice that I could give for someone that is starting a business. Um, be true to your product. Uh, always believe in that product and be open to slightly tweaking it around the way um, because it's going to have to be tweaked um, at some point in time. But like I said, the biggest thing is, is your product is what you're delivering, you're attaching your name to. And when you attach your name to something, it, it's you just dive into it and make it the best possible thing that you can. Yeah. Spot on there, my man. Well, we're running a bit shy on time here, but thank you for your time, Eric. And we'll check in with you again in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on Joe. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Adai from Body Street Milton Keynes out of Milton Keynes UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited to finally have you here sitting in front of me and to learn more about what you have going on within your fitness business. Before sure. we dive into that, give me a little bit of brief background. You know, what was it that ultimately led to you becoming a fitness business owner? Um, I became a fitness business owner kind of, I guess it was an evolution. I used to work as a uh, national manager for an American fitness brand called Elliptigo um, that made uh, fitness bikes. And when the UK uh, voted to leave the European Union in 2016, um, 
that kind of prompted a change in career direction because I was managing their European operations from here in the UK. And with the UK leaving Europe, uh, the company needed to switch its base from the UK to somewhere in Europe. And I think it was a good time for me because it was just a next step in my evolution. Um, it's something that I'd wanted to do. I wanted to get into some sort of coaching business for a long time. And I guess that was the prompt I needed. I, I had to do it. And I guess that made me do it. Well, I love to hear that's how you got started. Yes. Now, for our listeners, give us your best elevator pitch of Body Street, Milton Keynes, who you are, what services uh, you have to provide. Paint a picture for us here. Okay, I'll, I'll try to be as, as brief as I can. So Body Street, Milton Keynes is part of a franchise group with more than 300 uh, boutique personal training studios. Uh, the unique point that Body Street focuses on is the fact that we use what's called muscle stimulation technology. It's a type of physiotherapy technology um, which stimulates your muscles so they can tense very hard, but doesn't put stress on your joints. So it's been used in rehab for a long time. And when applied to the whole body and combined with various calisthenics or body weight exercises and Pilates and physiotherapy movements, it's a very, very good full body workout. The beauty of it is you only need to do it for 20 minutes. Muscle stimulation cannot be done for protracted periods. And you only need to do it once or twice a week. So we serve the market of busy people who can't train very frequently, but want to be in good shape. We've also got a kind of segue into physio because uh, muscle stimulation is particularly good for improving back pain and shoulder pain and knee pain. So I'd say those are our, our strongest draws. We are weight loss coaches and we help people lose weight as well. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Now the EMS thing, it's not super popular over here in the U S um, I've talked to a few people that are doing this, but it's not something that like, I had never even heard of it until I was talking to a fitness business owner who, who did this. Yeah. Um, is it more prominent in the UK or a lot of people doing this or is it fairly unique? So. I wouldn't say so. It's um, I think, electric muscle stimulation is something that's um, kind of, it's, 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 it's not very, very well known in the UK, although it's been used in athletics and sports for literally decades. It started out in the 1950s and there are thousands of EMS gyms in Europe. I don't know how many there are in the UK. There are many, but even here, when we meet people for the first time, they're not familiar with muscle stimulation unless they've been to physiotherapy and had a tens machine used on them because there is a similarity but even that i would say is a weak similarity and then the internet is full of all these um muscle stimulation type belts that people put on their abs which i think kind of gives us a bad name because that's not really a way to get fit but um yeah i wouldn't say it's it's prominent but i've always specialized in what, what i'd call niche fitness modalities uh, elliptigo the company i used to work for it, it's pretty niche in what it does as well so i like specialist stuff that requires some sort of specialist uh, understanding and be one-to-one -one with the customer that's always been my specialization in fitness yeah no definitely and and while like this is something that is pretty unknown right a lot of people don't know yeah. about it i wish mm -hmm. that more people did know about it because i feel like this is 
perfect for the busy individual who thinks, oh, well, health and fitness isn't for me because I don't have time. I think anybody can make time to go uh, put on a suit for 20 minutes and get in a quick workout. Um, That is totally possible. Uh, So my question to you is like, how does your studio work? Is it private training? Is it in a group session? How does that work? Um, Yeah, it's pretty much private training. We do have groups of up to two people. So we either work with one person at a time or two people at a time. So it's pretty much personal training. And people do body weight exercises. They don't need to lift heavy weights, but the training is very hard, regardless of how you do it. Muscle stimulation is actually very, very hard. But the the trade-off is that you don't do it very frequently, not more than twice a week. So although it's very intense, you've got a coach there pushing you and you only do it once or twice a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got you. So with that, I mean, if you're only doing 20 minute sessions, you're only doing it one to two times per week, that really opens up your market. You can really fill your, your space with a lot of clients, help a lot of oh, people. Yeah. So oh, yeah, of course. How many, how many clients do you guys have uh, in the facility right now, would you say? Well, I'd say that we've got between, uh, you know, I'd say 220 to 250 people train every week in our, our facility. So we are, you know, that's about near maximum capacity um, for a, a facility which only can train two people. So basically the only way we can really expand is to expand our opening hours and start considering opening on Sundays, which we don't do. Uh-huh. And do you have the space to fit a third person if you had a third suit? Sadly not. Sadly not. The, the way Body Street has been designed as a franchise is very much about personalized training. So uh, the, the, the suggestion is that when you max out, you've got to open another facility because uh, it's very much set up for one or two people only. And the space is not very large. So um, I do wish we had more space because adding uh, an extra capacity for an extra person and then just using more coaches would solve that problem. But Physically, it's not really feasible in our location. Mm-hmm. Definitely understand that um, mm-hmm. space is a hard limitation to kind yeah. of overcome. Um, so, you know, being that you have, you know, 220 members, my question to you is how do you find those members? What has that growth process looked like for you? Um, for us, it's very, very um, specific. Um, we work by word of mouth um, 60 to 70 percent of our client um, sourcing because like I said muscle stimulation it's such um, a, a niche field it's so unknown the um, the promise of one or two sessions for only 20 minutes getting you into shape um, doesn't sound it sounds too good to be true um, so what we do is we just work through people who come in get good results themselves and then we have a system for them introducing friends, colleagues, and family members to Body Street as well. And that's how we, I'd say that's the largest driver of our business. Uh, The second thing is that we've got a a large visible window in the studio, and that's part of the design of of muscle stimulation studios usually, because people then see it and they wonder what's going on. And there'll be a few posters inside, which kind of tell you what we do, 20 minutes, once a week, um, save time you know, mend your back, lose weight. And anybody who's got that kind of an interest will see it. And many people will just come up to the window and look in and inquire. So that's where we get pretty much the rest of our business from. It's from the window 
and from people who already train there. That's the, those are the leading drivers. Um, we do also sometimes run social media campaigns and those are pretty successful for us too. But the, 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 the easiest and most straightforward and most reliable way is just customer introduction because if your colleague or your family member tells you, I've been going there, I've lost, um, I've lost, I've lost, you know, 20 pounds in the last, um, in the last 10 weeks, you believe them. You don't care why it sounds, you can't understand it, but you believe them because you can see it. And that's the thing. They, they often see it and they say, what are you doing? You, you, you've lost all that weight. And they say, yeah, I'm going to this place. Um, so we've got a system for that. And it's very important to have a system because our customers don't just automatically um, refer their friends and, and, and colleagues. You have to actually have a system to prompt them to do it. Um, we don't reward them in any way, but we prompt them to do it um, because they're, they're, they're just interested in themselves. And our job is to say, look, you're doing so well. Is there anyone else you know that you think could benefit from this kind of training you think would like to do it? And they, most people know someone. We find that people tend to hang around people of a similar socioeconomic group. So, you know, personal training is more expensive than gyms. So, you know, it's, it's also about them being able to afford it. Um, but they know that their friend wouldn't be paying for no reason and they see their friend improving. Right. And that's how we do it. So that's, that is the business model for, for what we do. It's member testimonials. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, those those are always going to be the best. That word of mouth that we can generate in this industry, we always love that. Um, it definitely generates good quality leads, people coming in, they already trust us, they already know what to expect. Um, with that, though, you know, like you said, we have to prompt our members. They're not just yes. going to do it on their own. And there's always going to be a population that we're not reaching because... Yes they don't know somebody who already comes. Um, and so you also mentioned some social media campaigns. And I always like to discuss this if it is something that you guys do. Um, yeah. Because in 2022, that is a proven way to grow in this fitness business. People are spending way too much time on digital media. So if we can reach them in those places, those are the types of people that probably could benefit most from something like this. Yeah. So talk to us about your presence on social media. Is it something that is consistently beneficial? Is there ebbs and flows to it? Let's hear it. Yeah, so we've we pretty much sussed out how social media works for our business. Um, the social media that um, are worth paying money to advertise on our Facebook and Instagram, basically, um, that's where we get responses so we don't bother with twitter we don't bother with tiktok we don't bother with any of these others just facebook and instagram we run facebook and instagram campaigns and what we found is that these campaigns um they need they need refreshing they don't work permanently so we don't just run them consistently if you run a campaign it normally delivers for for for, for maybe two maximum three months then you've got to stop it just stops being a return on investment and you've got to wait a while, maybe two months, three months, and then start again with a slightly different campaign. Um, and we found that that has worked quite well for us. Now, because we we have a, we, we we were part of a franchise group, we pay them to run our media camp, our social our social media campaigns, and they tend to only uh, target women very specifically. Although our business is actually fifty percent women and you know fifty percent men, but 
they 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 seem to think that women are the main responders. So we do get men through these social media campaigns, but only because their wives tell them about it. Um, so what we're thinking of doing is now in the months when we switch off the campaign for women is running a campaign for men because that will reach a whole new demographic. And then maybe we'll be able to advertise all the time. But in the past, we've just done it every couple of months. It's been very, very strong. We can grow our membership base literally by 20% when we do that. Um, but then it does peter away. And also we found that even if the campaigns are hyper successful, they just, they stop being successful because our ability to manage the leads uh, deteriorates. We're quite a small team. There's just five of us working in my personal training facility. Um, so once once you get a lot of people come in and remember we've got this system of they then need to be prompted for referrals as well. So if we're prompting them for referrals and we're trying to do all this work of following up their referrals and trying to follow up leads from a campaign, it's pretty difficult because these campaigns, the leads normally come in as phone numbers and you've got to phone them and you've actually got to reach them on the phone and then speak to them and, and, and then get them in. So uh, it's a lot of work whilst in between. Remember, we are we open at 9.30 in the morning as in that's when our first clients start training and we stop at 8.30 at night and many days there's not a single free gap. So everyone's working all the time, you know, and amongst five people trying to manage that workload smartly and intelligently so that the customers actually get results they do need a lot of supervision a lot of monitoring and input that's what gets them the results is checking their body composition every week um advising them when they're going wrong you know correcting them when they're making mistakes so you're doing all those things and then trying to run a ma marketing campaign it, it maxes out once you once you've got a large number of, of people that have actually started coming in and joining um you find that you can't do any more. So you still, you've got to switch off the campaign regardless, just so you can mop up and deal with all the leads you've got. And then when you're done, a couple of months later, you can go back to a new campaign. So that's the way we've historically done it. And it's quite interesting how, if you just wait three or four months and you run a Facebook campaign, there's a huge deluge of people that are of inquiries that come in. But once you've been running it for two months or so, it just trickles to a really slow trickle, even though you might be spending the same amount of money. Interesting. I've not had that same experience. Um, I continuously run ads. Do I change them up? Uh, yes. I don't run the same ad for two months. I change yes. my ads, but I consistently have ads running yes. um, because that is the way that we get people in. Now, it sounds okay. like you guys have a little bit of a challenge being that you are such a small team with yeah. the follow-up process. We call that lead nurture in this industry. Yeah. And you're definitely talking to somebody who knows what it feels like to be out straight every single second of the day and still yeah. have to make time for those follow-ups and still have yeah. to make time to try to call people. Yeah. Have you guys ever considered having somebody specific on your team to do the lead management side of things? We again have a system for it. So we do have a system of, we've got you know a CRM that we kind of made and we've, you know, um, and we've got a way of assigning leads to individuals because you're not always working with clients. And I don't work, I don't spend most of my time working with clients. I spend most of my time doing business development and admin and, um, and that kind of thing. And I do a lot of the um, um, just allocation of tasks because I find that when people are really busy, 
it's very hard for them to remember everything. So as long as we've got a system where you know what to do, and we've also got set aside times because um, we work in um, in shifts and uh, with certain patterns. So nobody really is dealing with clients for even an hour at a time. You know, we do 20 minute sessions. So one person will manage one 30 minute slot and or they'll manage two 30 minute slots. So that's one hour. In that time, the other individual, the other team member that's on, on site can be doing the business development and then we switch. But you've just got to work it like a conveyor belt where you're always doing something. You're always cleaning the studio or following up leads, phoning people. Um, and, 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 and also I've got to set the, we've got to set um, a structure for the day. So every time we've got clients coming in, every client has tasks allocated for them, which the staff have to do. So they have a set of notes where we say, this person is dealing with this, this, and this, this is the diet plan they follow. These are the goals they're trying to follow. These are the problems they've been having. And the, the coach then has to correct those things or deal with those things. Or if that person has a referral that we're working on, we have to keep checking to see what's the next step. Uh, you know, Should they give us their number and we just call them? Are they calling us? Should we give them a link where they can make a booking online? You know, We're just constantly doing that. Um, but it's just part of the workflow and it actually makes our work more interesting. And as long as you have it organized and it's easy to manage on paper because of a CRM, it's just my job as the, the, the manager to make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing when they do it. And we have regular meetings where we check in on all those things and say what was done, what wasn't done. Let's roll it into the next week and so on. So it's we. I tell our guys, you are 50% fitness coach, 50% salesperson. If you're not a salesperson, you don't have a future in the fitness business, really and honestly speaking. It's about making sure that you are actually finding the business. It's like being a great writer, but nobody can find nobody knows your book is out there. You've got they've got to know your book is out there to read it. And it's the same with fitness. I really think there's so many options. Uh, there's so much confusion in the in the in the in the client base that in fitness you really need to guide your client. And, and to guide them to success, and you need to to you need to be an evangelist for your business. Definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Now, mm -hmm. my next question that I have for you, and I'm a, I'm definitely a visionary, so I always like to yeah. ask this question. You know, if you could have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true, what would that picture yeah. look like for you? You know, that's um that's a tricky one because for me. Um, it's not just about money anymore. You know, once you're making a living and you're paying your bills, it's about, you know, where do I want to go with this? So for, I like to be the, the best in everything I do. So, you know, in the body street franchise group, our franchise is one of the top, top performers out of all the 300. Um, um, I, I want to also kind of innovate. So I want to, to take it to, to, to new levels. So my plan is to make uh, you know an even more successful studio, which can take more people that can have more members than any other EMS studio that, that, that currently is out there. That's my goal. And also to empower my staff and my coaches so that one day they can also be business owners or you know that they, I want them to achieve all their, their, their personal and financial goals. So I'm very much more about working on my team now and working on with a small number of people who are then serving our bigger customer base. Yeah. 
So with, with that being kind of where you're looking to go now, would you open up another body street or would you open up a different kind of EMS studio? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a question you see. So I, you know, we've, you know, I'm part of a franchise group. I'm signed up to various contracts where I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, you've got to, you kind of got to go down the direction of it's probably the best route for us to open more body streets because we're good at it. We're the best at it and we're doing well at it. So, you know, the demand has barely been tapped. So that would, that would, that would make the most sense to me. Um, but I do know that the more you open the, the harder it is to run the kind of business that I run, which is very, um, very centered on the customer and the customer's goals. Uh, every business is customer centric, but ours is also goal centric. And being goal centric is very hard to manage when you're managing, you know, 250 to 300 people's individual goals and having a system that allows five different people to manage that effectively and efficiently. So, so, so you know, these are the the, the the things. You know, I'm not that kind of person that believes in passive income. You know, a lot of people have this dream that one day I won't work. I'll just have this army of people working behind the scenes and bending over backwards to make my business successful. And I'll just be sitting on some island drinking coffee and stuff like that. But that's not my vision. I don't believe in that. I, I don't believe in not working. You know, I, I, I believe you should do something, but the nature of your work does change. And obviously the pressure of your work should change, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 48 years old, so I can still work a full day. I, I'm not trying to be semi-retired. You know, when I go on holiday for more than five days I I'm like this is enough now you know I'm the kind of guy that needs to be doing something all the time mm -hmm. so that that's interesting that you say that sometimes I do talk to people like it's like a 50 50 I talk to people like yeah. yourself you just like want to continue working and stay involved I don't want to work forever don't get me wrong um you've got to invest in your future um you do need to invest in your future but this kind of personal training thing I, I don't believe that when I'm 80 uh, this business can just be running along in the background because I do need to have a lot of management input for it to be as successful as it is. And I don't believe that when I'm 80, I can be totally retired and this thing's just running in the background, still as successful as it is. There comes a point where you're just going to have to sell it uh, to somebody younger and you cash out and you need to have made your investments so that you can live your life in retirement comfortably. Um, and if you've made a lot of money in your time working, you can be comfortable and then you can just do whatever you want when that time comes. But during the time that you're still trying to make money, I do believe you need to work. If you look at all the wealthiest people in the world, they're not sitting on islands. They may be on islands, but they work. They've gone about their work ethic. You know, all the wealthiest people in the world have a massive work ethic. They're not, they're not just reclining on the beach. They work, you know, they even work more than the average person. It's just because your work is exciting for you and your work is you know it gets you you know it gives you something to aim for and i'm the kind of person that likes to have that but there's gonna come a time when i don't want that and when that time comes i should be ready for the next phase i should have made enough investments in my future and i should be happy to sell my business to someone or pass it on to the next person or the management or just become a, a shareholder but you know it's i i i i i'm not that believer in passive income passive that word doesn't work for me 
Well, I love to hear that you're super motivated and you want more for yourself and for your business. Um, that's always really, really exciting. Um, what word of advice would you share to somebody who is fairly new to, you know, being a fitness business owner? I, I, I believe that depending on the size, of course, in the fitness business, the more you understand fitness, the better you're going to do. Um, you know, when it comes to something like a mass scale gym, you could be a non-gym go and run that pretty well if you just look at the KPIs and you're a good CEO. But if it's something smaller, you really need to understand the business and understand uh, the customer yourself. And I think you should be uh, a person that works on their own fitness goals, et cetera, especially personal training. Personal training is not a business that I've seen genuinely scaled up to mass proportions, not like gyms. Personal training is always personal. It's always about so-and-so. There's always often the name of the founder involved and personal training is very personal. There are many different personal trainers, but they've all got their unique brand. Like Body Street was started by uh, an athlete and her husband. You know, my Body Street is very, very successful, but not all EMS studios are successful. And mine is successful probably because I'm a well-known athlete. I've broken world records in various fitness things. And I, I think personal training, if you're into personal training, you really need to be into fitness. If you're into running gyms and stuff, you need to still understand the, the customer, although you might not you know, interact so much with them because a gym is a better known quantity, but personal training is always personal. So what I'd advise people is that just know your business as in know what the key levers are of the type of business you're running if it's fitness. And if it's mass scale, like a 24 hour gym, that's a completely different model to a boutique gym, completely different model to a personal training studio. And all of them have to be approached differently and they need a different style of management and be prepared to know every single aspect of your business if you're going into it new. A hundred percent. I I appreciate you sharing that piece of advice. You know, you have many years in this industry, in this business. So it's always really insightful to hear what perspective that you would give somebody. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Last question, where can we go to find out more about what you have to offer um, online? Um, I would say my personal website, which is idaimakaya.com. If you go on there, it talks about all my different coaching because I, I also coach individuals, although on a very small scale, because um, I don't want it to interfere with running of my main um, facility. But I do coach individuals and I coach um people who are in in the fitness business as well now i've started coaching them as well so um but it's um it's all on my website what i do and um, if they just look for my name um it's not a very common name they'll find me out there excellent thank you so much for being here today for sharing your insight on the industry listeners thank you for tuning in don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, 
tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.